Hannah. Hi, Maureen. Okay, Maureen, so I'm going to turn my camera around, and you are going to describe for the listeners what you see um, in as much vivid detail as you can, and it also might be why my audio is kind of wonky. Oh, it's a, it's a very uh, sparse room. Uh, we've got some boxes. We've, like, got, uh, like we've s- got a good boy. You like my setup? Yeah, yeah. Is Fair. that a, uh, it's uh, like a breakfast, like something for breakfast in bed. It's like a, it, like a lap desk. It is a lap desk that my laptop and, oh, there's the other boy. Oh, there they are. There's yeah. those criminals. I got two cats in my room and my. It's very echoey because it's an empty room. Yep. Literally nothing I can do about it. I don't have a choice. So, and it's. Put it's, yourself under a blanket. No. Um, <laughs> it's less echoey in my room because it's carpeted. So this is literally the only option. My room's the only fully carpeted room left. So, oh, in our entire house. So, uh, fun. Yeah, actually, that's in- yeah. My room's the only. Well, uh, why is your room so empty? Do you wanna do you wanna share with the class? Guys, I'm moving. I'm moving. I bought a house. Well, I bought a condo, but yeah. And gosh, I- that's so adult. I know. Yeah, I, like, emailed insurance agents today, like, Ooh. I know, right? Yeah, I, it's 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 happening faster than we thought because renovations on our house are happening faster, or my parents' house is happening faster than I thought. But yeah, so that's that's going on. So no, I haven't read anything. Um, oh, well, so we're going into what we're reading? Well, I did finish Zodiac P.I., that series, um, what I talked about. I okay. read the full thing. And I will say, um, that series was is more, like, bonkers than I remembered. Like, that series <laughs> is literally insane. Every, like, there's, like, it's it's nuts. It's kind of just, like, whoa. Like, I, I'm, like, reading it. I'm, like, these, like, this is, like, you really got to suspend your, like, and she's like 14, which I forgot, which is like fine because she falls in love with another 14 year old. So it's like, okay, cool. Like there's yes, there's all of the relationships. Like I think like she has a crush on a dude who's like maybe 16. She like had a crush on them when they were younger and like meets him again and is like, oh man, this guy sucks because he's super obnoxious now. <laughs> so, but it's just like, I'm like really, I'm like, this is absolutely wild. And there's like magic in it. So it's like, of course you got to kind of spend your disbelief, but even like the crime stuff like it's very like uh roops goldberg how a lot of the crimes are set up where it's like huh yeah Yeah, they set it up so the knife would be released by a piano wire due to melting ice and that happens like more than once where piano wire mechanisms (laughs) are like a plot point and it's it's and then there's like some cases where you're like oh my god like they did it obviously but then you find out that the person actually Okay, my cousin's cat KK is literally rolled up in my pants right now, playing in them. That's like, great. That's a great place to be. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, no, that series is it. It it stacks up as a shoujo series. It avoids a lot of kind of like the problematic things that you see in like early two thousands, nineties shoujo, where there's like random teacher student relationships. Like there is that. Yeah. But it's like a girl has a crush on her teacher. It it doesn't go. It literally yeah. doesn't go anywhere. It's like oh, that's like a normal thing that happens in life. Like, but she doesn't ever confess to him, 
or, or like they have a relationship which um yeah there's like some like iffy things but nothing like super problematic which you find in a lot of early 2000 shows you, know, you just can't avoid it but this series i was like oh wow this series actually did um magical girl without like weird creepy incest and or like adult minor relationships which unfortunately That's happens a bonus it happens like a lot in shoujo unfortunately so um well do you want to hear what's up with my life of course so you're moving into a condo uh-huh. you bought a you bought a house basically you're gonna own it for an adult me on the other hand i'm online dating <laughs> that's an adult thing that's pretty adult. it's very yeah um and i bring this up only and um, just you know whatever just meeting people you know i have no friends out here so besides my great roommate but um she's just outside my door <laughs> <laughs> she like she's she's behind you with like a gun to your head being like yeah tell them tell the people tell them how great i am no no she is she is great but um so, you know, it's fun, like, meeting people and getting out and do stuff. And, of course, um, on my profile, when it's, like, you know, telling people about myself, I'm like, well, I have a Warrior Cats podcast. And that's probably all you need to know about me. To, like, you probably can read that and decide if I'm someone you even want to associate with. Like, and the best, the best messages I get when I, like, match with someone is just, like, oh my gosh, I love those books. <laughs> it's just, like, yes. So I get some very wholesome interactions yeah. online dating. It's great. So I'm reading a few books right now. So I'm just going to talk about the one I finished last night and the one I'm like mostly done with. Mm-hmm. Or I'm like halfway through. So um, I'm reading a tough book on um, content warning for sexual assault. Um, but it's Asking For It by Kate Harding, which is just a look at um, rape culture in basically the United States. Uh, it's a tough read, but I thought it was very informative, and it's it talks about it and uh, ways you can do to combat it, and ways that we can make our society better. And so I like that book, and if that's something you need, I recommend it. Um, but then, also, since that's a tough read, I've decided to um, pick up some queer YA fiction. Mm-hmm. So I also have... Tessa Masterson will go to prom by Emily Franklin and Brendan Halpin. And it's about uh, best friends, this boy and girl who are best friends, um, Tessa and Lucas. Uh, And Lucas is like, oh, I have feelings for you. And does this big, this is all just like back cover stuff. Right. Like does this big like promposal. And she's like, Tessa's like, oh, I'm gay. And I kind of want to go to prom with the girl I'm seeing. And this kind of turns their town, their little Indiana town, upside down. And, you know, it's a big deal. So I guess if you're not into homophobia. Right. Maybe I I do. I do. But, like, I like homophobia as the uh, the evil. (laughs) to be overcome right i love a good book where we can fight homophobia yeah and so yeah it's it's cute um yeah it's understandable sometimes people want to avoid it but there's also people who like to yeah. see it be conquered yes so yeah that's what i'm reading yeah all right 
Yeah, so you mentioned uh, people hearing about your Warrior Cats podcast and people loving the series. Yeah. And on that note, folks, we've had so many people tag us in the past week because uh, Spotify Wrapped yes! came out. Um, and it's been amazing. I posted a lot on the Instagram, folks who just sent it to us. Um, I may, I'm going to try to like do a compilation, compilation of that. But we also got our podcaster wraps because they have like a side of yeah. um, like stats for the podcaster to look at. And I just got to say, you guys, thank you all so much. This year has been yeah. like so successful and so amazing for us just podcast wise. Um, we had our we first... We were just blown away. It, it's crazy because like we do this as often as we can and we do it because we love it and we love like each other mm-hmm. and we love doing this every week so the fact that uh, everyone who listens to it that we've had such an increase in listeners and just like worldwide reach we've had our first listeners from thailand hello if you Welcome. are still listening um and we've just had like a huge increase of the folks who listen and um, you know, we see that every week with just your guys' comments on, like, Twitter and Instagram. But also, it's it's, it's wild to see the actual stats. Um, and something that, like, kind of blew me away, personally, because uh, <laughs> neither Marina or I knew this, but we actually... Char- no! We, we charted. Like, we got on the podcast charts for Spotify, um, and we're on the charts for, like, a couple weeks. 28 days. Yeah. And so, we... We were in, like, the arts category, and that's, like, pretty awesome and amazing, and we just want to say yeah. thank you guys so much for supporting our podcast and for loving it. Um, we absolutely love doing this and uh, love all the interactions we have with you guys, and just thank you. Yeah, thanks, guys, so much. It's been, oh, it's been a blast. It's been such a highlight of the week. Yes, it it, it was. It really took a lot of the stress um, and helped subdue it a bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I don't have anything else. Uh, if you if we should let's 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 go 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 do it. Yeah, because speaking of stress, I'm Emberheart. I'm Tanglepug. And this is Warrior Cats. What is that? <laughs> say so okay quick summary we were kind of like recapping like what the sisters were going through they're kind of like whoa whoa uh and then we're like oh everything's awful and then like straight up at the end of the episode well mudfur was not feeling good and he is getting mm-hmm. ready to die which is like uh-oh i mean he does have an apprentice so we do have mothwing but like Mothwing. You're not sure if Mothwing's ready. Yeah, I don't know if I, like, she seems ready, but I I feel like she could be readier. I mean, technically she's been an apprentice. She needs help with self-confidence. She's been an apprentice for less than Leaf Paw. That is true. So, I mean, and Leaf Paw, I would say she does really well, but I wouldn't say she's, like, ready. Um, (laughs) Like, she just, you know... Not that I think anything's going to happen to Cinder, Cinder Pelt, sorry, to find wood to knock on. Um, but, <laughs> you know. Uh, so, yeah. But at the same time, is she ready for Mudford to just go 
who knows and then after we kind of returned back to the clan we're kind of having like just a regular kind of a gray stripes gone and we're all starving day um (laughs) yeah you know like most days like most days right now um we had we had uh who was it the girl no okay no we had all of Wind Clan, like a like a, a bunch of Wind Clan. No, people. like Tall Star with three warriors. Yeah, Tall like, Star oh, and his yeah. little his group of comrades were like his bag of bones. We are dying. That's we, are now. we are dying. Yeah, let's leave. And um, before Firestar could even react to that, um, what is what is his sister's name? Tawny Pelt. Tawny Pelt like bursts out of the bushes and like we're we're. We're surrounded by monsters. We're dying. We're, or we're not dead yet, but things aren't going great. So just boom, bam, everything's going wrong. All of the clans are having crap go down. Uh, eight and even River Clan, the best sitting clan of all of them, is still not looking great. Yeah. Yeah, I know. We're all sad for River Clan. Sorry, some commentary from KK. <laughs> all right. So we've got Thornclaw, Mousefur, and Sandstorm to each lead a patrol. They'll take everyone strong enough to fight. And Dustpelt asks, what about defending camp? Defend it from what? Yeah, I was gonna say, like, who are we, who are we defending it from? Like, who who isn't half dead? Just, like, chill. Well, and the only thing that's threatening right them is um, already attacking ShadowClan. Right. So. Leafpaw asks, what about RiverClan? And Squirrelpaw's heart lurches. She's right. They can't leave Sunning Rocks undefended. And the warriors seem to misunderstand uh, these comments. Like, uh, Leafpaw's comments. Wait, Um, repeat it, because maybe I misunderstood it too. So Leafpaw's like, what about RiverClan? And Squirrelpaw's like, oh right, they could try to take Sunning Rocks. (laughs) And... But Mousefur is like, oh no, RiverClan's not gonna help. So they think that they're like, oh, will RiverClan come help us? Oh. They've been so selfish and awful lately. Will they change for this? No. Um, no, they will not. Cinderpelt argues that they might, though. They aren't as well fed as they used to be. But it's no benefit and to Fire- them. Well, Firestar tells Brambleclaw to go ask Leopardstar for help. And Squirrelpaw whispers to him to find Mistyfoot first and make sure Hawkfrost comes with. He shouldn't be left at camp. Yeah, I don't know if River we... Ass... I don't think we should let River, River Clan know. Because I don't want River Clan to be like, Ehehe, our opportunity. Well, Thunder Clan is away. Obviously, Shadow Clan will be destroyed. And also, Wind Clan's not there. And we'll just take over Thunder Clan. Ah, and we'll just become... We'll take our opportunity to become Blood Clan again. And we'll be like, I thought we did... I thought we already got over this. Brambleclaw asks if she thinks he would attack. Uh, Squirrelpaw says it's better to be safe. Brambleclaw snorts and growls that she's too suspicious before he ran towards RiverClan. And Squirrelpaw feels a little guilty. And she hopes Brambleclaw... Brambleclaw? She hopes Brambleclaw doesn't think her suspicions involve him. Sandstorm has Squirrelpaw join her patrol and she tells her daughter to stay near her or Dustpelt. Squirrelpaw tingles with excitement. It's time to fight back. 
Woo. Or, you know, except the forest has been lost and leave. Uh, but even the WindClan warriors seem to brighten at the prospect of battle. Tallstar tells Firestar that they'll come with. Firestar says he's not strong enough. But Tallstar fixes him with a stern gaze. He and his warriors are coming. Yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> you can't not come, dude. The patrols are ready. Firestar growls that this might be their last battle in the forest. They can't stop the two legs, but they can try and save Shadow Clan. For some reason. Firestar? <laughs> I mean, Firestar? Like, it's right. <laughs> but also, like, ugh, God, we're such martyrs. This is Firestar. Of course he's gonna. So, Firestar tells Leafpaw that they need her with them to tend to any wounded cats, and Cinderpout will stay behind with the cats here. Squirrelpaw feels a surge of protectiveness for her sister, but reminds herself that medicine cats learn fighting skills as well as any warrior. Yeah. She she was okay yeah. without you here. She just got kidnapped once. Yeah, only once. <laughs> Firestar leads them down the slope. Squirrelpaw hears one whisker whisper to Tallstar. He's on his last life. Please stay here. He is? But Tallstar tells... Oh. He is. Oh, I thought we were talking about Firestar. No, Tallstar. But though Firestar went through his, like, candy bars. Like, how many does He's Firestar have? He's lost two so far. Oh. Oh, okay, never mind. Well, retroactively. Because... He lost one during um, the Sky Clan. Right. And one during at the end of Blood Clan. Um. Alright. Oh god, he's but gonna Tallstar die. But tells him calmly that whether he's on his first life or his ninth, his duty is to the forest. He will not miss this battle. R.I.P. Tallstar! Oh god, I'm not ready. Firestar leads the patrols through the forest, and Squirrelpaw follows beside Tawnypelt. They follow the river, then crest the rise by four trees, and Firestar doesn't hesitate leading them over it. The great rock had been utterly crushed, reduced to a crumbled pile of rock. Okay, so... Crowpaw falls into step beside her, and he tells her not to look at it. Yeah, how are we gonna do our whole thing... Oh, I don't know. How are we going to get that sign? Well, if the rocks scattered across, we'll just have to wait for uh, uh, Tallstar to be dying and just drag him towards it. I mean... Yeah. Tallstar's like, hey, what are we waiting for? And they're all just, like, looking at him from a pile of rubble rocks. Like, uh, you got anything to tell us, buddy? Got anything? It's like, guys, I'm... Okay. Wow. <laughs> Take one for the team, bud. <laughs> Wait, who's his who's his deputy? Mudclaw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mudstar would be hilarious. Yeah, are you uh, looking forward to Mudstar? No, because Mudclaw's a jerk, but um it's Mudclaw a, is kind of a jerk. It is a funny name. Like that's one thing. <laughs> that's a yowl rings out behind them, and Firestar halts. Mistyfoot was at the top of the slope with her finest warriors. 
Stormfur, Blackclaw, and Mothwing were there, and the imposing shape of Hawkfrost stood out. Okay. Rambleclaw was next to him. Okay. The shape of their head and shoulders matched. They've got a similar silhouette. They're two beautiful boys. <laughs> wow. What a, what a beautiful boys from their hot, hot dad. It's like, yeah, guys, we know. Jeez. This comes up every time. Mistyfoot calls for them to wait. River Clan will join them. Brambleclaw races to Squirrelpaw. It hadn't been hard to convince River Clan. They're hungry and growing desperate. Stormfur makes his way over to them. We'll be fighting together, he says. Crowpaw growls, as it should be. Squirrelpaw realizes that she's standing with all the cats who return from the sundrowned place. She looks to the sky. Feathertail, are you watching? With a yowl, Firestar leads them onward. The Thunderpath is eerily quiet. Tawny Pelt tells Squirrelpaw that they stopped the other monsters traveling on it just before they started destroying ShadowClan territory. Yeah, I know. Hobbit! They hear the two-legged monsters through the trees. He's like, I'm hungry. Calm down, dude. Alright, so they can hear the two-legged monsters through the trees. One tears at the undergrowth. And a violent, unnatural sound fills the forest. Squirrelpaw stops. An oak is ripped from the ground. A growl sounds behind the cats, and Squirrelpaw whirls around to see a monster blocking their escape route. Tawnypelt yowls that they're nearly at the camp. There's more monsters ahead towards the ShadowClan camp. Firestar says they'll have to go this way and points to a gap the monsters hadn't reached yet. No, Crowpaw spat. It'll be quicker this way. He darts forward, straight to the camp. Stop! You'll be killed! Squirrelpaw leaps on his back and drags him to the ground. He collapses beneath her, hissing with fury. Brambleclaw races to them and tells Crowpaw to not be such a fool. Squirrelpaw shrieks that he's gone mad. She's not gonna let him kill himself. Crowpaw spat that he's not frightened of joining Star Clan. The forest is dying anyways. At least in Star Clan, Feathertail will be waiting oh, for him. Boo! Brambleclaw leans down and snarls into his face. He would rather join a dead warrior than fight to save live ones? Yeah. His clan needs him. He's emo. He needs to use his head and follow Firestar's orders. It's part of his, like, whole thing. Yeah, this isn't, um, I mean, this is talked about a little bit, but, like, he kind of just, I, I mean, he was kind of, like, was, trying, like, was, suicide yeah, by was, cop there. That was suicidal, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say, like, yeah, suicide by cop. It was more, he was. I mean, suicide by bulldozer. Yeah, he was trying to get himself killed. It was definitely a suicidal... Or at least he wasn't caring. Yeah. Or it was a little a little bit more reckless than he has any right to be. No, I think we can just call it suicidal ideation. Because he straight up was like, I don't care if I die. I just want to be with He's my like, dead girlfriend. My girlfriend. And it's like, that's, that's super not appropriate, sir. <laughs> yeah. But Brambleclaw tells Squirrelpaw that she can let go. And he stands and shakes himself off. I'm glad that all of his friends quote-unquote 
were like, uh, no. Just yeah. immediately put him in his place. Immediately like, I... put him in his place. That's the good friends. Good friends are like, no. Yes. Your your girlfriend would absolutely hate that. Like, if she hasn't been killed by a spotted leaf in heaven, um, she would just. She's going to come and beat my butt yeah. to the ground for letting Af- that happen. After beating you that. to the ground, she'll heaven break up with you, which is like real rough. A lot. Yeah. Can you imagine yeah. getting broken up with in heaven? <laughs> A monster behind them attacks an elm, sending splinters shooting at the cat. Now, Firestar yowls as the tree falls. Are we going to jump into them and, like, scratch out their eyeballs? Like, what's going to happen? So, here's their plan. Firestar tells Sandstorm to take Leafpaw and her patrol to get the kits and queens out. Mousefur is going to take Crowpaw and Tornier with her patrol to find the elders. Squirrelpaw goes to follow her mother, but Firestar stops her. He needs her here. Thornclaw and the RiverClan warriors can go help the apprentices. Dustpelt will wait at the entrance to make sure every cat escapes. Don't let anyone block the way. One Whisker asks, what about him? Firestar will get to him soon. Tawnypelt is tearing at the ground. Firestar tells her that she knows this part of the forest best. They can't go back the way they came. What's the quickest way out of here? Tawny Pelt nods towards the break in the trees. If they're lucky, they can get to it before the monsters, and then they can go to the tunnel under the Thunderpath. If you remember that from the first series, the tunnel. Right, right. I think we were talking about it last week as um, one of the bulldozers would get stuck. (laughs) Also, like, what are these construction workers doing? they not see like the 50 cats like didn't they send like I one guy not. up ahead to scout it out i feel like you don't just bring a bulldozer into an area and just be like all right go yeah, this watch is the 50 cats scatter i know this is like uh, i don't know if osha applies in great fantasy britain but um i'm gonna <laughs> say i think these are there are a couple osha violations to not like send at least one dude should I ask my dad? Should I record me asking my dad um, while I have I the like to. chance? Like, hey, dad, if there was a colony of cats in an area you were about to get in construction, like, what do you <laughs> legally, what did you have to do? Feel free. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll ask him off recording and see what he says. All right. So hopefully they can get to that tunnel under the Thunderpath. I hope so. Firestar tells One Whisker and Tallstar that they must defend their escape route. It's the least dangerous task. And Squirrelpaw guesses that Firestar is trying to preserve Tallstar's last life. Firestar tells Brambleclaw and Squirrelpaw to go with Tawny Pelt into camp. They need to make sure no cat remains inside. If they hear him yowl, they need to get out at once, because it'll mean the monsters have reached the Brambles. Brambleclaw presses his muzzle to Squirrelpaw's ear and asks her if she's okay with this. Squirrelpaw jerks away indignantly. Of course she is. What does he take her for? A kit? But his eyes are glittering with concern, and she realizes yes. that he's just worried about her. <laughs> so she promises him she's she's like, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. But like, not a kit, but like, he loves you. It feels like a battle, and she needs to fight for the forest. 
even if they can't win, they can't let Tawny Pelt down. So she's like, I like, I gotta do this. I gotta, like, we gotta do this. Right. Like, it's not about winning the battle. Or no, it's not about winning the war. It's yeah. about not losing this battle. Or rather, yeah. we just kind of... Not s- losing anyone to this battle. We can't have, we can't have more kitties die. Alright, do you want to hit me with a cat fact before we uh, get on into the thick of things? Of course! Alright, so, for today's cat fact, we're once again talking about cat breeds. And as I clarified last time, I am no expert in cat breeds. There's like 70 of them, and that's also debatable how many cat breeds there are. Sources vary. But we're going to talk about a more recently discovered uh, cat breed. Um, I've talked before uh, when we're talking about cat breeds, but like the most recently recognized cat breed, the Devon Rex. Um, But we're going to talk about uh, a slightly early competitor um, that was also discovered pretty recently, the Cornish Rex. Um, Cornish Rex. Yeah. So the Cornish Rex breed uh, is a genetic mutation um, that we can pretty accurately trace uh, because it happened in the 1950s um a litter of kittens were born to a barn cat in cornwall england so that's where the name comes from they're literally cornish Uh cats um and only one of the cats out of the whole litter was a cream colored kitten named calabunker um and his his owner noticed like sort of the differences uh that were apparent from birth and even as he grew up he knew it even showed it showed even more so the owner decided to back cross him uh which is a polite way of saying that he bred him with his mom uh which is gross um apparently it is a thing that happens in breeding and uh look just looking at the reason past the wiki page um, the disadvantages were way over the advantages of doing this. So maybe not. Yeah, maybe don't. Uh, either way, that happened and it happened. Uh, so this produced two more kittens with the distinctive appearance. And one of these kittens uh, later had another kitten that was brought to the U.S. and bred with a Siamese cat. So this eventually became the Cornish Rex that was recognized. Um, so how to tell if you have a Cornish Rex. So <laughs> moving past their kind of uh, start, um, mm-hmm. these, little, Yikes. Yikes. these little guys are just funky looking dudes. Um, they are slender. They're pretty funky. They're slender. They have thin bodies and kind of like long whip like tails, um, a narrow egg shaped mm-hmm. head uh, and big, big old ears, like bat shaped ears and most noticeable is their short, short fur. Cornish Rexes have no fur besides their down fur. Um, most cat breeds have three mm. types of fur. So their longer guard hair, which is like the stuff that kind of sticks out, the middle on hair, and then finally the undercoat or down hair. Mm-hmm. Um, so almost all cats have uh, down coats, even if they're not, um, even if it's not noticeable to the eye, um, even like medium haired mm-hmm. uh, coats. Um, but Cornish Rexes um, only have the down coat, and sometimes the hair can be so thin that they can be nearly bald or even go bald in large patches throughout their life. Um, so huh. their cut fur comes in a variety of patterns and colors. Um, all are recognized as standard um, from my research. I-, I imagine there just like hasn't been enough of them for them to really uh, decide like yeah. what's a no-go. Um, 
And despite their short fur, uh, these guys are not hypoallergenic, as I still got dander, baby. Um, most folks, oh yeah, most folks who are allergic to cats are allergic to their dander and saliva, which um, uh, Cornish Rexes still have. So even though they have yeah. short fur, they still can produce um, all of that. Health-wise, um, despite their kind of crazy start, there aren't really too many concerns about their breed as long as they are not um, interbred. Um, but they are often yeah. bred with other uh, um, other species of cats, such as Siamese, so it's pretty easy to avoid um, sort of uh, interbreeding yeah. issues. Um, and I believe what we talked about earlier, the sort of backcrossing, I think that is. I don't think it's like very ethical or seen as something to do nowadays. Um, yeah, and from where I looked, That's no good. one like names this 1950s dude. So I guess I don't like blame him for being like, "Whoa, wild!" I wonder what will happen if I do this. But also, like, it doesn't sound like he was a breeder by any like standard. So yeah, uh, just don't don't. If you have a weird cat with a weird thing going on, maybe just bring it to a vet. <laughs> um, yeah, because I think even with that 1950s, I doubt that that was like the first ever genetic mutation where it happened. I'm sure it happened somewhere else, but I imagine yeah. like it wasn't like trapped or traced. That's just my theory. Of course, I said before, probably people who know more. Um, personality and temperament. These guys are super active. Um, if you want like a cat who's like part of the family, um, get a Cornish Rex because they just like love to play, love to be part of things, um, love to hang out. Um, they'll they will basically mm-hmm. uh, said that some of them will play fetch. Um, or catch if you allow that you know they might not bring it back to you but they, they'll catch they'll try to catch it if you throw it <laughs> they'll catch it um <laughs> they also are very intelligent and sometimes like uh overly curious um so they will it, it they if put in a new situation or expose other animals or people they'll be like okay cool i'm gonna check this out and figure it All out right. so um and also they uh, are sometimes referred to as the greyhound of the cats because of their long legs they'd like to kind of gallop. Um, oh. And also because of their fur, they do, um, going back to uh, sort of, a, this isn't really a health concern. I imagine anyone who would realize they have short fur would know they would prefer warm places. Uh, but I thought it was hilarious that um, the Wikipedia literally lists, they like to stare ne- stay near warm places such as computer monitors, light bulbs, laps, and shoulders. <laughs> and I was just like, that's, oh. that's so funny, like how specific that is. Like they could have just said warm places, yeah. but they're like, specifically these. Um, yeah, so they are a very fun breed of cats. But also, you know, uh, get them a sweater. Yeah, give them a sweater. And they're also relatively new. So (laughs) maybe not all of the um, uh, health issues have been identified with them. But so far, so good. That's fair. Like, they have narrowed down the genetic mutation that causes, um, like, their sort of appearance. And also what the difference between them and, like, a Devon Rex is. But like I said... They're relatively curious and fun breed. Well, thank you, Brenna. Yeah. Let's get into... Ready to get wild? Let's murder! They follow Tawny Pelt in. The camp reeks of fear. Cats are running in a blind panic. The warriors that had just arrived were calm, and they were herding cats towards the entrance. Blackstar is telling an apprentice not to be afraid. He won't let him die. And a kit mules from the ground. 
Blackstar glares at Squirrelpaw and tells her not to just stand there. He tells her to get Smokepaw out while he grabs the kit. So Squirrelpaw hauls the apprentice out the entrance and gets out of Blackstar's way. And Squirrelpaw goes back to the nursery. Mothwing asks her if everyone is out, and Squirrelpaw nods. Hawkfrost calls to one of his clanmates that they've done enough. They need to get out before the camp is destroyed. Mistyfoot sharply says that they'll stay until every cat is out. Overruled. <laughs> Hawkfrost freezes, and Mothwing hisses at her brother to stop acting like he's in charge. Hawkfrost <laughs> tells her, maybe not now, but one day. Oh, shut up, Hawkfrost. You're gonna get yourself killed. Squirrelpaw shivers, but, like, also has no time to dwell on this. Right, like, there's no, like, uh... Like, yikes, but also... I don't have time to unpack all that. A tortoiseshell queen is struggling to get her two kits across the clearing. Squirrelpaw races over to help and picks one up. Dustpelt is waiting at the entrance, and Squirrelpaw thrusts the kit to him and ran back into camp. It's emptying quickly, but Firestar said to make sure no cat remained in camp. And it looks like only Brambleclaw, Tawnypelt, and Mothwing are left. Brambleclaw tells Mothwing to go outside and help Leafpaw check for injuries. And they'll do one last sweep at the camp for stragglers. Trees are falling all around the camp. This is scary. But they haven't heard... Yeah. But they haven't heard Firestar signal yet, so they have to assume that they're safe. Tawnypelt says they need to check all the dens. Squirrelpaw reports that the nursery is empty. And when Tawnypelt asks if Tall Poppy and her kits got out, Squirrelpaw says that she helped a queen. Brambleclaw is going to check the warrior's den, and Tawnypelt will check the apprentices. Squirrelpaw asks about the medicine den. Little Cloud is already out, but were there any sick cats? Tawnypelt admits that she doesn't know, and directs Squirrelpaw to the den. It's empty. Squirrelpaw is making her way out when her father calls out. Get out. Monsters have reached the camp. Squirrelpaw struggles against the thorns of the medicine tunnel, and a tree falls so close that the ground shakes. Brambleclaw, she shrieked. Help! He sinks his teeth into her scruff and heaves her out, and thorns scraped her pelt like claws. She thanks him and presses her muzzle to his, but they aren't safe yet. A shadow is falling over them as a sycamore tips towards them. Where's Tawny Pelt? Brambleclaw had told her to go. They're the only ones left, and they almost crash into Dustpelt on their way out. He tells them they're the last. The sycamore falls behind them, crushing everything beneath it. Another one of the clan's camps. Destroyed. Oh, Dustpelt leads them to where Tall's. Yep. Gone. Gonzo. Done. Dustpelt leads them to where Tallstar and One Whisker are waiting. Firestar, Leafpaw, and Tawnypelt are with them. Tawnypelt asks if all the queens and the kits got out. One Whisker says Blackstar had a kit and there was a tortoiseshell cat with two kits. Tawnypelt asks about Tall Poppy. Squirrelpaw gasps. She thought Tall Poppy was the tortoiseshell. Yeah. Tall Poppy's a tabby. Tawny Pelt's voice raises in a panic. Is... But she has three kits, not two. It's like a conversation we've had. <laughs> well, Squirrelpaw says the camp was definitely empty. They must have run off into the forest. 
Over there, one whisper cries, pointing to a clearing of saplings. Oh, Amira has emerged from under the bed. The vacuum was out today. It was very scary. Ugh, how upsetting. Anyways, back to the crisis. Trees fall around them as they race towards the clearing, and a tree falls right in front of them. Squirrelpaw scrambles over it. They're okay. Tawnypelt and Leafpaw are in the clearing with Tall Poppy. One Whisker is trying to herd the terrified kits. Firestar is at the edge of the clearing, looking for an escape route. Squirrelpaw sees monsters on all sides, steadily coming closer. She hears a now terrifyingly familiar creaking sound. Look out, she shrieks. An ancient birch tree is toppling towards the clearing. Save the kits, Squirrelpaw yowls to Firestar as the tree casts a shadow over his orange pelt. Tall Poppy heard her and grabbed a kit. Tawny Pelt grabs another. They pelt out of the way, Leafpaw and Tallstar fast behind them. But One Whisker is still diving for the last kit. Ah! Squirrelpaw stares in horror as the tree hurtles towards them. Okay, do we? Uh, hey, Miss Miss uh, Miss Spotted Leaf, Miss, I can push physically. People, where are you? Squirrelpaw's heart seemed to stop. The moment stretched into a lifetime. Firestar leaps forward and hurls himself against One Whisker, and One Whisker is flung safely clear of the tree. The kit secure in his jaws. <coughs> The tree hits the ground with a deafening crash. Firestar, no! Squirrelpaw races to the fallen tree, and Brambleclaw's at her side. Brambleclaw gets one whisker in the kit untangled from the branches. Leafpaw stumbles, dazed, from beneath a sapling that had protected her. There's no sign of Firestar. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Another splintering groan sounds from the forest around them. Brambleclaw screeches at her to get out of here, but Squirrelpaw says she's not leaving without Firestar. Uh. Brambleclaw promises they'll find him, and tells One Whisker to take everyone else to the Thunderpath. Another tree crashes behind them. One Whisker promises to wait for them at the tunnel. Leafpaw is scrambling beneath the branches at the earth. She can see him. Brambleclaw pushes past her and grasps Firestar's slumped body in his jaws. He heaves him out and lays him on the ground. A shaft of sunlight cuts through the clearing and lights up his fiery pelt. Whew. He lay very still. Uh-oh. His eyes were closed. He's losing a life, Leafpaw whispered. Firestar? Squirrelpaw began to tremble. Father! She yowled. Monsters shake the ground around them. Yeah, bro, you gotta, gotta, no. get, you gotta get up. We don't have time to go do the whole bim, bam, boom, because you're gonna lose another. Yeah, well, actually, and actually, this is maybe one of the only times in the entire series where a parent is addressed by like father mother oh really like 
Yeah, like, usually they'll say, like, that's my father or, like, their mother, who their mother is. But they'll never, like, call them that, you know? Right. They call them by their names. Mm. And, yeah, this is one of the only, this is one of the only times where it is when Squirrelpaw calls to Firestar. So she calls him father. Because he's dying and that's very sad. Okay, keep going. All right. Uh, Brambleclaw hisses that they need to get him out of here, but Leafpaw warns that they can't risk moving him, and Squirrelpaw isn't going to leave without him. I mean, if we move if him, what, what's the worst that can happen? Some of his bones set funny? Whatever. He'll just have to die again. <laughs> An ear-splitting crack sounds above them, and the forest goes dark. Images flash through Squirrelpaw's mind. Sandstorm, the old camp, the tribe of wash- rushing water, Feathertail. StarClan, don't let me die yet, she silently prays. After everything they've been through, she needs to know that the clan survives. Squirrelpaw! Brambleclaw's voice is muffled by the branches around them. The tree has fallen onto the trunk of another, forming a tiny cavern. She sees Brambleclaw through the twigs. She's fine but her pelt stings where the twigs had scraped against them. She asks Brambleclaw if he's okay. He's fine, and he asks if she knows where her sister is. Leafpaw says she's over here. Okay. All right, all right. Most of our ducks are in a row. (laughs) Leafpaw is crouched over Firestar, protecting his body with her own. The kit. Is it safe? Firestar rasps. Squirrelpaw struggles over until she feels her father's breath on her cheek. Yes, you stupid, stupid old man. <laughs> Leafpaw asks him if he spoke to StarClan. Firestar says he could hardly see them, but he knows they were there. And he asks again if One Whisker rescued the kit. Brambleclaw squeezes next to Squirrelpaw and answers, "Yes, they are both safe." Squirrelpaw asks Leafpaw if Firestar will be okay. Leafpaw presses her nose to Squirrelpaw's cheek and tells her that he'll be fine. Don't be scared. This was meant to happen. Squirrelpaw's heart is beating in her throat. How can they get him out of here? Firestar insists he can walk. Stubborn old man. (laughs) He's not even that old. He's just stubborn. (laughs) He's just a lot. A two-leg is peering through the branches, and Leafpaw flattens herself to the ground in terror. Squirrelpaw promises that she won't let her get caught again. She asks Brambleclaw if he can get them out while she distracts the two-leg. He doesn't think it's safe. But Squirrelpaw insists that she'll be fine. They don't have time. And Squirrelpaw doesn't wait for him to reply before struggling from the branches. She pelts between the two legs' legs, clawing them as she ran past. It yowls and chases her. Squirrelpaw dodges into some brambles to hide. She looks back and sees her father's orange pelt through the undergrowth. Brambleclaw and Leafpaw are both beside him. She yowls to keep the two legs focused on her while they escape. Once they are safe, Squirrelpaw joins them. She falls in beside them and Firestar staggers. Squirrelpaw presses against Firestar's side, and Brambleclaw presses against the other. Between them, they are able to keep him on his paws while they fled to ThunderClan territory. 
They had escaped this time, but how much longer before the forest was lost forever? So everybody's out safe, at least those three are. Oh my god. That was a little too stressful. <sighs> Leafpaw bursts out of the tunnel. Brambleclaw and Squirrelpaw are behind her, holding up Firestar. And on the other side, Shadowclan and Cat are lying exhausted in the grass. Tall Poppy has her three kits huddled close. Little Cloud is hurrying from one cat to another. And Blackstar stands, staring at his clan. Can we s- His white pelt is stained with blood. Can we, like, pause here before, like, bad things happen? Because I emotionally cannot handle it. Um, I won't let any- want to go a little bit farther, but nothing else bad is gonna happen. Okay. So Firestar asks if everyone is okay, mm-hmm. and Leafpaw tells him that he should rest. But Brambleclaw says they can't stay in the open. Leafpaw- Leafpaw, the doctor, right. says they need to rest. <laughs> Mistyfoot says she's gonna take her warriors home, but Firestar asks if they can help ShadowClan to get to Sunny Rocks first. Blackstar asks why Sunning Rocks. Firestar explains that ThunderClan is living there now. They'll be safe from two legs. And Cinderpelt has herbs for their injured calves. Leafpaw's like, oh yeah, there's literally nowhere else to go, so. Mistyfoot says they'll accompany them to Sunning Rocks, but warns that just because ShadowClan is welcome in their territory doesn't mean they're welcome in RiverClan's. And Hawkfrost adds that they'll be patrolling the borders. Squirrelpaw glares at him. How can he worry about borders at a time like this? When will he realize what their journey meant for all the clans? Brambleclaw silences her with a look and assures RiverClan that ShadowClan won't cross the border. And Blackstar snaps, but of course they won't. Brambleclaw asks Leafpaw if they can leave and Firestar says he's growing stronger. Leafpaw asks Little Cloud if ShadowClan can make it, and he thinks so, if they travel slow. Leafpaw says that they should try to get back before it gets too dark, and too cold. The group of cats trekked through the woods. Leafpaw asks Tall Poppy if her kits are okay. They're all being carried by warriors. She murmurs that they only have scratches, and Leafpaw assures her that they'll clean them up and put Marigold on them once they get to Stunning Rocks. Mistyfoot is close beside Tallstar, pressing against his flank when he stumbled. Brackenfur carries one of Tall Poppy's kits. Tornier is nudging along the Shadow Clan apprentices. It's as if they don't belong to different clans anymore, Leafpaw whispers to Squirrelpaw. And Squirrelpaw nods. And that's how it was on their journey. We can stop here. So we've got them all going through the woods and everybody's helping each other. Mistyfoot is propping up Tallstar. Everybody's helping to carry the children. Tallstar didn't die. Oh, there's a wind clam. Yet. Tallstar didn't die yet. Man, he's going to die on the other <laughs> rocks, isn't he? Okay, let's keep going. Um... Which rocks? Well, the only big, big rocks we have left. Um, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so, <laughs> so that yeah, everybody's everybody's helping one another. Yeah, that, you know, all four clans 
you know, join together to get Shadow Clan out. Yeah. And that's a, it's a beautiful thing. I, I mean, it sucks. Everything sucks because their home is destroyed. But it went, but they all came it together. It went surprisingly better than I thought it would. Like I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. But of all the people to get like who deaded, um, Firestar was probably the best choice there. Because his... Yeah, because he's, like, one of the only ones who could come back alive. Exactly. And maybe he had a little chit-chat with Star Clan. He said he didn't really see them, but he felt their presence. So... He felt one presence. <laughs> anyway. That's why That's why she didn't push... That's why Spotted Leaf didn't push the kid out of the way. She wanted a little visit from, from Firestar. Literally the worst. In heaven. Literally the worst. <laughs> She couldn't have made that jump in a couple seconds. What are the rules? What are the rules? Anyway. There are no Folks, thank you so much for listening. If you want to keep uh, uh, in touch with us, you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at WCWITCast. Or if you want to contact us directly, you can check our, uh, you can send something to our email, which is WCWITCast at gmail.com. Um, and if you want to help out the podcast, best way to do that is to share an episode with a friend and be like, hey. There's a whole battle in, well, not really. There's another escape plot. I mean, yeah, yeah, there's kind of another, uh, another heist. Another heist. Another escaping terrible situations. Um, and yeah. a beautiful, like, parental moment. Everyone, a lot of warm feeling good times uh, in the worst times. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, we're having the worst time ever. And we're all ever. working together. Yeah, but we're at least working together for now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, yeah, thank you guys so much for all of the listeners we've gotten in this past year. It's been amazing. It's been absolutely amazing. Because I'm Ember Hart. And I'm Tangle Tongue. And this has been Warrior Cats. What is that? <laughs> Thank you.